My name is Matt Brown. Oh, hey, Pops, you sit right there? I just, I'm, I'm... No, I can't do double overtime. Base. That's not a foul. Foul called on Tom Mikey Square with 3.4 to play. That's not a fucking foul. He went straight up. And let's start the show. Here's three more. This is March. <laughs> I am March. I am March. You. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. This is March. We have the 2023 Productive Conversations March Madness Preview podcast about to unfold right here, right now. Breaking down all the regions, getting into the big storylines going into this tournament, and of course, making our big predictions for the Final Four and your winner, and help you fill out your bracket. But before we get into all the fun that is March Madness, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all our streaming platforms. Check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations. Podcast, Twitter at ProdConvoPod, and we're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. So this is a very, very exciting podcast. It was quite a weekend. I had a very, very good weekend. I had to go to North Carolina over the weekend to visit some family. It was really, really sweet, a nice break from reality. And after that, I am now here ready to help cover all things March Madness with my great March Madness team, my great great college basketball team, I should say, in Brandon Gutierrez, Alex Ranelio, and Hayden Nadler. Selection Sunday was this past Sunday. I watched it at the Raleigh-Durham National Airport after a very long night of traveling, and it was very interesting. The regions are set, the South region, East region, Midwest, and West, where they're playing out in Madison Square Garden in New York City. We have... We have Greensboro, North Carolina hosting a region. We have Vegas hosting a region in Kansas City. Very interesting. And we have just stacked schools all over the place. We really do. I mean, the South region alone is Arizona, Alabama, and Baylor. Purdue and Marquette represent the East. Uh, Duke is in there as well. A very good Memphis team, for instance, and to acknowledge the Midwest has Houston, who's a huge favorite in this tournament, Texas and Xavier. Indiana has made it. Uh, And we have some lower seeds that are pretty interesting, too. Uh, Drake's pretty good. Penn State. Kenshaw State. They might be able to make some noise, them winning their tournament racket. And the West region has returning champion Kansas, UCLA, who I was gung-ho about in our last March Madness uh, competition, in our last March Madness podcast. UConn is back. Oh, you know the tournament is great when we have UConn representing. And, you know, one one school that I really like, and maybe because they helped me when I needed it, Furman University, representing the SOCON Conference, and they're out of Greenville, South Carolina. But yes, that is um, 
a few of the teams that I like to talk about, and we're going to get real in-depth with it, of course, with our crew, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So why don't we get prepared to do that? Lots to do, lots to talk about. Who's going to be a big upset? Who's going to be a big disappointment? Who's going to really make a push? And maybe we see a Cinderella story like St. Peter's University last year. I mean, this is going to be a really fun tournament. The pandemic is long behind us at this point, And we could just enjoy authentic college basketball once and for all. 68 teams vying for the top. And who is going to be the national champion in the first week of April? Or the first weekend of April, I should say. So why don't we get into it? Let's talk about this. The road to the Final Four begins now, taking place at NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas. And let's break it down and have an amazing productive conversation and preview the 2023 Men's NCAA Division I College Basketball Championship. This is March. March Madness preview coming to you right here, right now. Alex, Brandon, and Hayden, it's your guys' turn. Let's talk all things March Madness. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. Let's go dancing, everybody. The 2023 March Madness Tournament is here, both for men's and women's, focusing on the men's today. We're talking all things Division One men NCAA men's college basketball tournament. Hell yeah. Let's say the cliche. This is March, and we have your best team to cover the entire tournament. 68 teams, or I should say 68 schools, are vying for a national championship in Houston for the Final Four. And let's do it. We have our crew, Hayden Nadler, Alex Ranelli, and Brandon Gutierrez here to start our coverage of this amazing tournament. What's up, gentlemen? Great to see everybody. Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Make it happen. Awesome. Yeah. Every everybody looks different. Alex has a returning mustache. Hayden has a goatee. Brandon <laughs> Brandon just looks more handsome. And uh, I'm wearing a different hat this time. Um, but everybody had a good weekend. How would you think how do we think about the conference championships this past weekend? We had some big upsets. Yes, yes, we did. Well, Penn State played its way into the tournament by that that big run they had in the the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, they played really well. If I had my chance, I would have shaken all the sense out of that entire uh, coaching staff of Penn State because that out of bounds (laughs) approaches. But yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting games the last weekend. It made all the momentum going into uh, into Selection Sunday even better, and it was uh, really really fun to watch the show. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the seeds came out pretty well this year. I'm pretty happy where they seeded most people. Yeah, pretty. I think the seeding was pretty good this year. Yeah. What snub? Before we get into the tournament, what snubs did you guys notice, or what upset you? Whether it's Rutgers uh, or Clemson. Clemson should have been in. They beat NC State three times. They were three and zero in the head to head. I don't really get how you could uh, exclude them over uh, NC State. They also had, I believe, they had. I want to say they had five or six quad one wins, Clemson, mm-hmm. and they yeah. didn't get into the tournament. That was absolutely shocking to me. That's the that was the one really big snub that I saw, where I feel like they should have got in over um, NC State. That's what I, I was pretty. It's it's pretty hard to say when a team goes three and over versus another team that they get 
I didn't personally like that. I thought that was a bigger snub than Rutgers not getting in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that was yeah, that was surprising to me with the Rutgers. Rutgers has usually always gotten in. Yeah, not even a first four. And, you know, we're not part of the selection committee, but it's uh, it's just too bad, but it just shows the I only mean, way to guarantee is putting is Putting four Mountain West teams in was a little bit peculiar when you put in Nevada and Boise State. Um, yeah. I I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, they did. They did go five and ten versus the quad one teams and three and over NC State, Clemson. So I was pretty surprised they didn't get in. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll discuss the seating as we go through each region. We have yeah. some interest, and we'll um, lead the conversation that way. But we dropped this on Tuesday. The first four starts this Tuesday. Then we have the round of sixty four begin on Thursday. And we'll be back at it when the Sweet 16 previews in about a week and a half from today. So why don't we start our coverage? Let's help fill out your brackets and let's have a lot of fun with this. And going into it, I think one thing that has sucked about the Carvis tournament, we had some teams with major injuries. UCLA has two of their big boys out. Houston has their best player injured. Um, It's nerve wracking. This really can shift things around and now i wonder as we talk about our picks here if it's all about who's going to be the healthiest right now what what do you get and we'll um as we go through each region each team that's you know we'll discuss those injuries but what do you guys think about all the injuries this past weekend as well i mean yeah it's, it was kind of crazy but you're going to see which teams have more depth and which teams are more battle tested when they have injuries um i think that's going to be an interesting thing to see play out mm-hmm. yeah but I Definitely. think the teams with the most amount of depth will be able to survive those injuries because they're going well, yeah, to have a more complete roster. Exactly. Most of the teams that did get injuries have a uh, a big stretch on their bench, so they can definitely fill in. It won't be exactly the same, but they'll get close enough to their, their final stage roster while those injuries are out. And it depends. Maybe they're out for the whole tournament. That's the whole question. If they're able to get them in before we get all the way to the final four and get those players back in, and healed. Some of them might even play injured still. We'll see. It's the All biggest right. tournament. And I think you guys are leading up to the doorstep of what, what I think is more critical, which is I think this is going to be really a battle of coaching wills. I think you're going to see a lot of situational basketball change uh, deciding these games, um, not just the out of bounds, but, you know, second half adjustments and defensive schemes and whatnot. I think that's going to be more the signing, you know, goalposts for this uh, this tournament. All right. Let's get into it once and for all. Let's talk all things March Madness. We'll start with the South region. And we start with Alabama versus TAMU and C well or CC and Semo. Let's be real. Alabama will take care of that. Some matches we hear. Maryland and West Virginia. San Diego State and Charleston. Virginia Furman. Creighton, North Carolina State, Ben Baylor, UCSB. Missouri and Utah State and Arizona and Princeton. From the bat, this is a very, very interesting region to start. And, break. looking at these matchups, why don't you guys first tell me where do you see some upsets in the first round? For me, and and whether this is an upset based off of seeding or what at you, you know, the real thing now is to check the spreads and how much these teams are separated by. But off the bat, 
I think the college, the the college of Charleston has been a favor of so many people, and I think you can find a twelve beating a five seed, which is that cliche upset we like to see every year round. Those stick out for me. I actually think Furman can uh, make a push for Virginia. I've actually seen a few of their games. The team can score. The team's well disciplined and well coached. I think Furman's one team to watch out for. For instance, so those are a couple on my end. What are some other schools that you think uh, can at least make a Sweet Sixteen or break some brackets, if you will? Yeah, well, no, I think- I, right. I was, sorry, no, I I, uh, I agree with you on the San Diego State Charleston, and uh, I think that's the most intriguing matchup of the tournament, actually, or one of the most because it's two really? major teams. Um, I like San Diego State and the Midwest. That's actually going to be one of my teams, which I'm gonna. I may. I actually, I think they're loaded. I think they're. They're going to make a huge push. I actually may think they make may, they may even make the Final Four. San Diego State, um, that's mm-hmm. a huge one. But the College of Charleston did go. I want to say like 30, 32 and three. Um, yeah. Their only three losses came to UNC. They lost one to Hofstra, and then they lost to Drexel too. So they had a really really good year. But I mean, oftentimes sometimes that's, those numbers are misleading because last year I remember everyone was picking uh south dakota state last year to be providence and then they ended up losing in the first round to, to providence <laughs> so that was the big upset everyone picked was gonna i think they were favored versus providence actually last year in last year's tournament in the, the 5 12 and providence ended up winning that game so um or was it a 4 13 it was either a 4 13 or a 5 12 that was the one upset everyone was picking so i'm not gonna get too trendy on those really great mid-major teams at 130 games but definitely something to look into but I don't know. I, I'm really confident in San Diego State this year. I think they're going to make a huge run. San Diego State out of the East Region for or the South Region for Hayden. Interesting, interesting mm-hmm. stuff. What about the Brandon and Alex? Where do you see um, some bracket busting from this uh, I see, side of the cord? If we're just talking opening round, I see Creighton uh, being highly overvalued against NC State. I think that's pretty much a push. Um, I think NC State, you know. Playing in the ACC, um, I, I think that they could they could probably take them pretty handily. But I gotta go. I gotta ride with the Furman bandwagon. I just was mm-hmm. not impressed and very disconcerted with what I saw with Virginia against Duke in the ACC tournament. Um, if you can't throw it in the ocean against you know a first year coach uh, for Tony Bennett against John Shire, I think that you guys you got to get those guys prepared and um, you got to be able to manufacture some offense in the tournament, especially when you get a mid major team where. You don't have a lot of high-level quality tape on these on these guys. They could yes. throw, and they're going to be out there headhunting because you're the top dog in the first round, and you're the underdog. So I think that Furman is the obvious um, easy choice, but I would also add Crane and NC State being a push where it seems to be a toss-up to me. Do you think that would be a issue with a Furman's never made an NCAA tournament? This is their first ever one where it could be a lack of experience in the tournament versus Virginia who's battle tested and won a national championship? Do you think that could be a problem? But they've also lost to a 16 seed, which has never happened before. I think um, I think Furman actually it plays to their advantage because there is such minimal tape on them at the highest stage. I think with Virginia, I think their inability to manufacture offense really diminishes their ability to um, you know do what they want to do on offense and really spread the ball around. Well, it depends. Virginia plays a very, like, they play a very defensive game. They're very sluggish a little bit. So I think yeah. if teams can learn how to defend, or if you get a team that can really shoot the ball, 
um, I think that could really be a disadvantage for them. So it really depends what the tempo they want to play. If Virginia can dictate the tempo of the game, I think they should win that game easily. But, I mean, it really depends how much Furman wants to push, press, or and shoot the ball right. from the three-point line. But I, I think I think that matchup actually favors Virginia. Yeah, I think so. I, exactly. I think it does. I think the experience of being in the tournament is going to favor Virginia and having that, that experience. So I think they're going to go on to a very confident and they know what they need to do and how they need to play to get out of that first round. Do you guys trust Tony Bennett? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. 100%. All right. Uh, my, my key matchup is not really an upset, but more or less I think it's going to be very close to that Missouri versus Utah State. Just yes. because they both uh, Missouri has what I think like six wins against the top twenty-five, and I think uh, it's just I think Utah is going to come in strong. I think even though they didn't do too well against, they only played two t- uh, two teams in the top twenty-five, so they really didn't have a chance to see how well they would do against those. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a high scoring. It's going to really come down to guard play, defense from the both of them, and definitely coaching. As Alex said, is going to be a pivotal point in that game to see uh, what they can do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think personally, I think I think um, I think Missouri is going to win that game. But I mean, it's going to be close. But I, I have Missouri winning over Utah State. Yeah. Now talking about the top two. The one and two in this tournament, we have a very good Arizona team who made strides in the Pac-12 tournament. And of course, we have Bama, though ranked number one in the country, um, or I should say, though ranked two in the country, one or two. I, I, I don't have the top of my head. Does they anyone have that? They ranked a two seed, the Arizona. Arizona's yeah, a two seed. In two. The and then um, Houston's number one. Yeah. 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 So we have we still have our guy Brandon Miller still playing. This team out of the top this team is still very healthy now, the factors into it. Can we see well first focusing on these two teams, do we see Alabama playing playing the true heel where I see their fans uh making concerning t shirts and really going into the bad guy? And after uh Brandon Miller's two friends were indicted in this capital murder cha- murder murder story and he's you know off the hook at the moment but you know who knows yeah. what can happen if he's playing in the middle of the game are they going to say hey buddy we have more evidence for you you got to come with us i don't know probably not likely but regardless if at the moment this story is behind brandon miller's back can he focus now and bring a championship to Bama? Or is Arizona, who seems to have players who are not getting in trouble that we know of at least, and we know Arizona's has always been a factor in March Madness in the past decade, with the top two teams in this region, do we see them just pushing away these other 14 teams? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, my... It's going to be hard. I think the I think it's going to be uh, Arizona versus San Diego State in the Sweet Sixteen, which so it's going to be a tough matchup for that. But I mean, yeah, I it's very difficult because I actually think the two teams I was actually going to pick for the national championship would have been Arizona and San Diego State, but they actually are playing in the same region, so it's going to be a very tough decision for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's definitely Alabama, Arizona. I think they take that region. I think San Diego might have a chance. I think it's just maybe I have a little too much faith in Virginia right now. Uh, but I just think that the experience they've had from previous years is, is what's going to carry them over to the uh, Sweet 16. 
surprised uh, no one's but, talking about Baylor. Baylor's are pretty high. Well, I think uh, they I just think won a national championship a couple years ago. They, or last year, actually, or was it last? Yeah, year? they won yeah. the last Two couple years, years ago. ago. But this Two year, ago. Baylor has been a little underwhelming for me. I think they a couple of their losses that should have been easy wins. Uh, really, kind of now I have them. I actually have them losing to to Creighton, in in the, in the round of thirty two. I think wow. that could be an upset. Yeah, I'm not really as high on Creighton this year because I think the Big East was kind of down. I'm not really. As yeah, high I think. Oh uh, yeah, Creighton. I think we is a, is a little bit of a buzz. I think coming out of last year, there was a lot of hype around that young roster. Then coming into this year and playing very well, and they just did not meet that standard. But. I, I think Creighton does have some type of potential to upset Baylor in that sense. So you guys took the words out of my mouth because I actually had Baylor coming out of this region. Um, I think, you know, when you guys talk about coaching and stuff and and definitely, um, you know, having a little too much confidence in Tony Bennett, I feel the same way about Scott Drew. I think that Scott Drew is tremendous coach. I think that him winning the championship definitely, you know, cemented him you know, over the long term in terms of the Big 12 and how they can compete with teams like Texas and Kansas and whatnot. Um, so I think that that they have to be in terms of just the overall, you know, quality of wins and quality of competition and, you know, coaching prowess that they can go toe to toe with Alabama if they meet them there. And having said that, I would put my money on the fact that they would be Arizona because um, I just don't know how to weigh the Pac-12 against you know, the Big 12 and the Big 10. And I think that when a push comes to shove, I think Baylor just has a little bit more. I want to say a team from the from the West Coast and the Mountain Time hasn't won a national championship since 1998. It's a pretty interesting statistic. That's been, yeah, yeah 25 years. Wow. I saw that statistic on ESPN. So that was an interesting yeah. one. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that – Um. oh, sorry. No, keep that. going. It's kind of crazy that uh, Scott Drew, the coach for um, Baylor, may not even be the best coach in the family. His brother, Vice Drew, <laughs> Just took Grand Canyon to the NCAA tournament twice. Yeah, that's right. That's, right. that's that three teams that went to the tournament from Vanderbilt, Valparaiso, and now G- GCU. So it's he's he's a he's a great coach. He might not be the best coach in the family, Scott Drew, and he's got a national championship. <laughs> you know, honestly, for me, I'm actually really liking Bama right now at this moment. I think they're one of the more complete teams. I think they're very fresh. They really frustrate other schools on defense and they have big rim protectors as well. And of course, like I said, Brandon Miller is the one, you know, we had those two big NBA prospects that slip in my mind and it seems Brandon Miller is the one that's interesting. And um, even if they go on a heel run for a wrestling term, I think that that team really has a push and, um, not to play spoiler for now, but I was very gung ho on UCLA until their injuries, and maybe this team could lead towards me changing my mind there. But as we go through each regions, we'll see yeah. what I mean by that. Do you think? Um, do you think Brandon Miller could challenge for the number one pick, even though Webb and Yama? Webb and Yama is the guy who's pretty much the consensus number one. Yeah, right now. But do you think Grant? But you think Brandon Miller maybe uh, could challenge for that pick? I think the the, the situation he's in right now is going to really they're going to kind of stray away from him for that nationally and i think they're gonna they're just don't care because of how greedy we've seen with these players across <laughs> major sports now you're right on a moral standpoint brandon they probably should and still wait this story <laughs> out and from reading all these stories and brandon miller's attorneys really think they have a case that brandon is innocent and they claim that there's evidence that shows to get him off the hook now i'm just going off these reports i'm seeing both silly twitter ones and legitimate uh sources on legal networks 
And as long as he isn't arrested, I think he's going to be fine. And people compare him to like a Kevin Durant type. And then, you know, plenty of teams in the NBA who could use a wing player like him. Maybe he could be the one to earn that first pick. Maybe, but if not a first pick, at least a draft lottery pick for sure. And to answer your question, Hayden, um, I think we need some of the heat to die off him. But by the time June rolls around, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in that number one pick. I, I really do. And especially hey, real, if they win the national championship. Real quick before we move on, I think his ceiling potential as a, as a draft pick and over the long term, I, he reminds me a lot like a like a prime early Paul George, late Indiana Paul days. George. Okay. He's got the same body. Yep. I agree. Yep. <laughs> All right. So All right. why don't we head over to the East region right now? Teams cl- include a Purdue team who some people may have felt their stock, though a number one seed, I've heard that they could be, quote, unquote, the weakest one seed, you yeah. know, depending on who you ask. We have a Memphis team who I think um, <laughs> Memphis going up against Florida Atlantic as Florida Atlantic gets a well-deserved bid in this tournament. But Memphis uh, going wire to wire with Houston in the – AAC championship this weekend. That's a team to consider. Um, very interesting. We have Duke and all Roberts. Uh, Duke at number five. Again, but depending who you ask, some people think that's too low. Some people think that's too high. But ultimately, they are the ACC champions. Defeat. <coughs> Excuse me. Ultimately, they are the ACC champions. And with a first-year head coach, maybe they could keep the legacy going in a post-Coach K world. Going up against Oral Roberts, named after Ann Vancella, because if I still say that right. Um, anyways, uh, we have Tennessee and Louisiana. <laughs> Tennessee has uh, impressed people, especially Alex Renelio. We have Kentucky and Providence. Um, Providence falling with the Big East to get where they were supposed to be. Too bad for them. And then Kentucky is Kentucky. And Kansas State and Montana, people are very impressed with Kansas State. Michigan State for USC. I know Michigan State has had some tough losses in this entire season, but obviously amongst the tragedy that took place on the campus a couple months ago, do we see a Cinderella story there? And uh, for USC made a push in the Pac-12 as well. And then we have Marquette, the Big East winner, a team Alex against all in person. Can they go up against the uh, any the – American East is owned Vermont, the only respectable school in that conference. So that breaks down our East region. Again, tell me some of the key matchups here that impress you guys. Um, I think the best matchup in this region is uh, Florida Atlantic versus uh, Memphis. Florida Atlantic won 30 games this year. Um, Memphis is a team that people are really concerned about because they made it. They made around 32 last year. Um, they had a big run last year, so I think uh, Memphis Memphis could be a team that really could could make the Sweet Sixteen. They they have a they have a lot of depth, and they've competed for Houston. They beat Houston this year, so um, that's the team I'd really look out for in the region as as a sleeper team to really make make a deep run. Memphis, yes, I do, and some people might even think that Florida Atlantic, even though they're in one of these smaller conferences, maybe their seating's a little too low. I mean, yeah, those are two really, really good teams. So, I mean, it's hard to say. Yep. 
Um, my biggest key matchup in that would probably just because it would be the Kentucky Providence game. I think it's going to be close. What I think it's going to come down to is the coaches. Uh, for that, I think you know, as we said, Kentucky hasn't been playing its usual self this year. It's kind of like in a in a transitional period to be rebuilding. And I think Providence, not the biggest fan of Providence, and I think Providence is a school that is sometimes overhyped. But uh, we got to give credit to their coach. Um, yeah, Cooley's done a am- great job. Cooley's an amazing coach, and I think when it comes to tournament time, he knows what he needs to do to get his team to win. I think that game's going to come down to a wire. But for some reason, I just think that Providence, the way they looked in the Big East tournament, wasn't great. And I think Kentucky is going to marginalize and win that game, win that match. I mean, I don't. it's just hard for me to say because all the success Calipari's had, he's only had one national championship in his entire career. I want to say he's lost, he's lost once at Memphis. He's made three, I believe. He lost. Memphis, he lost to Kansas in the national championship, and then he also made one, and he lost to UConn with, with, uh, with Kentucky, and that was when there was actually a post that came out that put him in the top fifteen best coaches of all time. I mean, yeah, he's an incredibly good coach, but the fact he's only got one national <laughs> yeah, one championship yeah. is, is is pretty like surprising to me because you know I wouldn't think he would all. You would think he would have success. more. Yeah, yeah, you'd think he has more. He has a great record, but that I mean, the best team he ever had was when they had Anthony Davis, Kid Gilchrist, and that great team, and they went like thirty eight. That year they went 38-1, and then they lost in the Final Four. So it's like it's yeah. hard for me to, you know, it's hard for me to say. The guy's only had one national championship, <clears throat> and and he yeah. hasn't even made he hasn't he's only made two two national championships with Kentucky. Yeah, so, you know. no, 100%. I mean, I was yeah, I, I was feeling the same way about Cal Perry coming into this tournament. I think there's a ton of heat on his hot. He's got a huge hot seat. Um, I think just looking at like first round upsets and what we're kind of um, you know tuning in on. I mean, whoever Purdue gets, they're going to be fine for a round. They're going to be fine. But I think they're the weakest one out of all all the top uh, number one seeds. I think that Duke has a real chance of blowing it against Oral Roberts. Again, you got a first year coach. I understand he had an impressive run in the ACC tourney, but not a lot of tape on Oral Roberts. They've had you know success in the past in the tournament. Um, I think that they yeah, have experience. They went to Sweet Sixteen a couple years ago. Yeah, exactly, and they—they—they. Yeah. They, they, I think they could keep it close, even, and it may be a push, even if they don't come out victorious. Um, I like K State to to roll over Montana State, um, yeah. but I think I also, yeah, I and 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 I have full confidence in Tennessee, so I don't see really a whole lot of um, upsets outside outside of Duke and Oral Roberts, um, and even that's a toss up for me. But um, I think the overwhelming you know, favorite out of this conference. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, out of this region is Marquette. Um, I think that I, you know, I was on record saying that there's very minimal discrepancy, very minimal gap between the top five seeds in the, uh, the Big East tournament, but what Shaka Smart has done with this program and bringing it back to, you know, the standards of the past, like in the Dwayne Wade years and whatnot, when Marquette was really the, the you know, the cream of the crop, I think that their run, has at the stage where they could re- they're hot at the right time they could really make it um, make it far in this tournament and especially if you're looking down the line to play Purdue I think it's the best case scenario for them to overcome a number one seed so I'm looking at you know obviously Marquette um, I think that you know uh, I think that Kansas State has a puncher's chance and I think that um, even Memphis can make some damage you know they they could make it really hard for Purdue in the second round. Fun fact: Montana State actually lost to Quinnipiac this year, so that's my that's my. <laughs> we actually got we have a win over NCAA tournament team. There you go, seventy-two you go. to seven, and we beat Iona, so we have wins over two NCAA <laughs> tournament teams. Fun fact. 
There you Uh-oh. go. Something might start over there in uh, mid middle in the middle of Connecticut's program. But for these other teams now, Purdue. Do you take them seriously as number as a number one seed? I do actually. I do actually. I, do. I, I, I think they're gonna be. I think this is the like finally make the final four and break through. Yeah, they're making the final four. Two Eight. words: Zach Eady. That's all I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Game changer. I think they're gonna be pissed off after that loss to St. Peter's. They blew. Uh, they blew a good opportunity last year. I think yeah. they're gonna come in hungry this year. They feel like a, a, a number two seed masquerading as a one. I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't trust Matt Painter as a, as, a, as a coach. I've I've looked at his resume. It's just not impressive. And I understand that it's kind of his time to ascend, but I just don't have confidence that they're going to beat, you know, Marquette or, or any of these teams, you know, going into the uh, – going into Well, the they, don't, they don't have a good history in the tournament. They've, they've lost a lot of games they, they probably should have won. To be honest yeah. with you, in the tournament, they lost. Like I said last year, they lost to um, St. Peter's in the round. Of, in the even, let's even let's even suppose that Tennessee makes it um, to the Elite Eight. I don't see them beating Tennessee either. Uh, yeah, do I, I, got, do I, I, got I, I actually agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean I he's only going pretty far. But. He's been coaching Purdue since 2005, and he's only made the Elite Eight once. So it's like. You know, at the same time, he got to eventually win. He's made two. He's made four Sweet Sixteens. I think and an Elite Eight. If he doesn't so. do it, this is his roster to do it. He had he has the the players. He just you know like you know the biggest thing is not. Oh uh, yeah, this is his uh, best team in my opinion. Yeah, best team. I agree, he's had I agree with you on And I think uh, the big thing you got to come to question is he might not be. Because, uh, you know, a conversation I always have is there's two different types of head coaches. There's your head coach that uh, you got, like Shaka Smart, who is really good at the X's and O's on the court and actually setting up defense, setting up offense. And yep. then, uh, you know, a lot of people compare – are not fans of the UConn coach. And it's oh, I, I feel like – Oh, my God. Like Hurley, because he is Crazy not, stories about him. Oh he's not He's not an X's and O's coach, I think. He's, he's, For that team, he's not. He's, he's, he's a word I can't about, say this podcast he is a coach that that creates a great atmosphere around the team in a in a hard-working program that helps bring in top recruits and puts them in the right path to be successful so i think yes in a sense of you do have a point alex with the coaching for purdue that he might not be an x's and o's coaches but i think his players are good enough to get him to the elite eight and I and yeah. I believe in Zach Eady. That's yeah. No, I I agree with um Alex on this one. I I, I don't see them getting past either. Uh, I don't see them getting past either Tennessee or um or Marquette. I don't. Those two I'm teams. Saying, I'm saying that the game against Tennessee is a push for me, but I still think that Rick Barnes as a coach prevails over Matt Painter as a coach. And I look at situational basketball in tight games like that where the margin of error is so small, and yeah. I just. I'm I'm very I'm very disheartened what I saw with the Penn State game. I understand it's the top of the top of the class with the Big Ten, but you gotta you, you gotta close that out, and you can't even get that game close. I mean, I I, I turned off the game. It was like fifth. It was like seventeen point lead. They scored like ten points in like the final minute, right, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. It seems like they know how to blow games and keep things close when they should be putting people away. <laughs> All right, good stuff. What do you there. guys think of Kansas State? You think they're a little bit seated a little high? I thought they were seated a little bit high at three. The- 
I don't know. Yeah, about yes, I, I don't I, agree with three. I thought they but were a little I definitely bit high think they're going to make a little bit of a run. They've been playing pretty well, surprisingly. I've ne- I've never been a big person watching Kansas State, but yeah. ever since uh, like the mid you know mid season of the con- their conference, I've I've kind of watched a couple games. They are definitely strong. It can it can make a little bit of a run here. I yeah, think they'll the- give Marquette a little bit of a fight, but in the end, I think Marquette takes that. I think yeah, Marquette. I think Marquette. Is just- I like Marquette this year it's too. It's really good. Well, it's really good. Even though we UConn lost to them uh, by two points, just want to yeah. say that. Oh, we two don't. Points. We don't. We don't talk about UConn here. UConn's just. Yeah, okay. yeah, we don't like oh. UConn. <laughs> we'll have some fun with that. Sorry, I don't like them. I'm just being honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll when get into look- that once we hit their region. But also, I think it. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, the last thing, just the last thing before we move on with K State, I think that there's a lot of Big Twelve cannibalism that goes on through the regular season. I think they get kind of pushed and tampered down, you know, under the radar in the public media. So I think that, like you guys said, to your credit, I think that they have a real chance to make some noise in the tournament. Um, I think it'll just be halted with Marquette Elite Eight. I, I mean, it. if you're going to go off coach of the year, you got to give that coach Jerome Tang, like the coach of the year. Yeah. I, I think Jerome Tang is coach of the year. Like that's, I okay. think he's from Kansas State. I think he's done an awesome job there. And also the thing everyone talks about Kansas State, just so, as long as they don't turn all, turn over the ball as well. I mean, we'll see. If I'm just going off the regular season, I think he's the coach of the year. Actually, I'm yeah. not. I'm not talking about the tournament. I think he did the best yeah. job out of any team. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I also think Kansas State, like they have an easy first round match. They're going against Montana State with the 14th right. seed, and I don't think Montana State even has a yeah. uh, even a chance in that match. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think they're going to take that match pretty. But hey, it's you know, like Montana. That, you, Montana State did win 25 games, so it's not like they're playing like a team that won like 18 or 19. So it's like, you know, I, I don't, I don't love the confidence Montana State plays in. Like I said, they lost some games maybe they shouldn't have, but you know, you can't. You, I mean, they play in the Big Sky, which isn't exactly a great mid-major. So yeah, it's, it's not. To really, it's not a really. It's hard good to really evaluate them, to be honest. Yeah, I give, I'll give you that. Yeah. Now moving on to the Midwest Conference. A conference that includes Houston, huge favorite in this tournament, going against Northern Kentucky, Iowa, and Auburn. <clears throat> Auburn has made some big, have made some impressive team victories, kept teams close and into it in the SEC, and Iowa making their strides. We have Miami, Florida specifically. We have the U, a very destructive team from South Beach, is out there. Um, and also Drake, another mid-major team that some people feel that they can sneak in and get some impressive wins. Then we have Indiana and Kent State, Iowa State and Mississippi. Iowa State people have criticized on this show and all over the country. See how seriously they can be. Xavier, after making a push of the Big East, and um, falling, but people think, hey, watch out for them. Texas A&M and Penn State, Texas and Colgate. So another region with some very impressive schools. And where are we going with these matchups here, gentlemen? I think one thing to watch out is Drake, a mid-major team. For one thing, that stays off the board. I think they have put teams close. I think they're ones who can go up against some of these powerhouse schools. And Miami's going to be a very, very hard team to beat. But I think they might have the biggest hill to climb in terms of the first round with their seeding separation. And I think they can ultimately win it, even if it's just by a buzzer beater. That's one matchup that really sticks out from the start for me. What are some other ones, guys, for you? 
Um, I mean, I, I like I like Houston to get out of this region. I think I think they're by far the best team. I I, I, I love even Houston with their in, even with yes. injury. Yes, I, I love Houston this year. Yes, that that's that's the team I'm gonna pick. Um, the only the thing I. Here, the oh, only, sorry, no, I'll let go. you continue. Uh, the only, let me you finish your point before I ask a question. There. No, no, you can go. You can go. Actually, I was going to say some people think their scoring could be um, affected without their star player. Do you think there's any truth to that, or they could come as a team to overcome that? And I think does he want enough. to play with a hurt joint? I think they're. I think they're good enough as a team to play, and I think he's. Got, I think he'll play through the pain. Actually, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the That's one what most players do. The one play. The one like. I don't know. I mean, I actually think Penn State's going to be Texas A&M. Um, I do. I, I'm not a huge. I'm not a huge big. I'm not a I big agree. A&M fan this year. Um, I think. I think Penn State's coming off some momentum with their new head coach, Micah Shrewsbury. Um, I think they'll probably win that matchup. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Drake as you are. Uh, I, I don't love Drake this year. Got so many hits. Um. I don't know. I actually think like Bradley was actually a better team in the Missouri Valley this year than than uh, than Drake was. So I didn't. I don't exactly love Drake to be honest. I think they're a little bit. I just they didn't even win the conference this year. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me to say that they're best mid major team and Missouri Valley is usually a good conference. They've had you know teams make it pretty far in the tournament. Murray State's usually pretty good. They had John Morant when he was playing for Murray State. But no, I'm not. I'm not a huge not in Drake. clubs. I'm, yeah, not sure. I'm not. I'm not a huge Drake fan this year. I think Miami's going to win that game pretty handily, actually. Okay, I'm actually. I'm. I'm with you. Uh, I think my. I think Miami's losing that game. I think Drake is going to make the upset. Yeah, I, that's that's the one five twelve matchup I actually don't like. I actually think yeah. Miami's going to win that game. I, but, I don't really. I don't love Drake to be honest. Uh, yeah, you know Drake is not a, a super impressive team, but just you know, I just feel like there's always that one team that. They might not look great in conference play and in and in their conference tournament, but somehow turn it around last minute in the March Madness, and they end up winning and they get through to the round of thirty-two. I think I think Drake can do it, but to me, I think the bigger matchup is that Iowa versus Auburn game because, like you were talking about earlier, Auburn's looking very well. I was a, a a really good team, and I just I think that eight nine scene separation like being so small. I think it's going to be a close match, but I do think Iowa takes it. Uh, I have, a, I actually have Auburn in that game. Actually, you do. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't doubt Auburn, you. Right there, that that was here. probably the biggest game that I sat and contemplated for a while. I just, I, 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 I Auburn is really strong right now, and I just, I don't know. I have something with Iowa that I think they can take it. I mean, the Indiana Kent State game. Like, I, I think Kent State's actually overseeded this year. Um, I think a thirteen seems actually kind of high. I would have put them at a fourteen or fifteen. Actually, even though they're coming from the MAC, which is like it's a it's a pretty decent mid major conference, but I don't know. I, I like Indiana in that game by a pretty yeah. sizable margin. I'm not a huge. I don't. I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like Kent State seeding. I I actually would have. Um, I'm looking at the other. Would seed. you switch, Would you have switched it with Colgate? Uh, yeah, I probably would have switched them with Colgate. I think Colgate should have been a 13. And uh, okay. And I think I think actually um, yeah, I think Colgate should be playing Texas and Kent State should be playing. Colgate, that, I mean, Colgate, I mean uh, Colgate should be playing Indiana and uh, Kansas State should be playing Texas. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But like, people yeah, are I, I don't say, disagree with that. People are going to say Colgate's from the Patriot League, which is a much you know weaker conference than the it's Mac. It's a weaker conference, yeah. Yeah, by by a mile. Yeah, I agree with you. The Patriot League's one of like the weakest mid-majors conferences in in America. But like, also Colgate's won the conference three years in a row, so it's like you know. Well, it's what, what, you have to what, give credit where it's due. Yeah. 
It won, it won the uh, dental competition. I, I think yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they beat the, they beat Crest also the Crest basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. They, Crest, they're not very good. Crest is a jerk, man. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, I, if, if we're looking like, you know, competition uh, heading into Houston, cause they have to be the odds on the Midwest region. I, I do love Indiana. I expect Trace Jackson Davis to just jump off the TV. I think he's magnificent. I love their coach roster, coaching roster behind Mike Woodson as well. Um, I expect them to, you know, meet Houston down the line and give them a push. Um, but if we're if we're talking, you know, um, who's coming out of this region? I love Texas. I think what they did, you know, and put on display against Kansas was absolute sheer dominance. And the more I look at Rodney Terry and what he's done with this organization, I just think that he's got to be my pick for coach of the year because you look at Big Twelve cannibalism and all these teams taking a bite out of each other and just, you know, playing hard-nosed basketball. I thought this was the best conference in the country. I thought that he did an exceptional job riding the tide and correcting where they needed to course correct during the middle of the season. Um, you got a lot of, you know, big egos and seniors on that roster. I think that he's done a really phenomenal job with this team, and I expect them to overthrow Houston before, well before um, well before the Final Four, if not Indiana, to be honest. Really, you think you think he did a better job than Jerome Tang at Kansas State and um, and Smart potentially because apples to apples, they're both in the same conference, and I think that he's done a phenomenal job taking over the keys to this this team. I think that he's done an um, uh, an exceptional job. When you look at the big games like Baylor, Kansas, um, I think that he was able to situationally really tighten up the screws and um, you know hold accountable a lot of the seniors on this team. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, definitely. What about Iowa State, a team that has been criticized throughout, a team that when we talked about them making the top 16 from the from the uh, committee's picks, they did get in, they did slip in, but um, some people feel that maybe this might not be a good scenario for them. And even the playing tournament, whether it's Mississippi State or Pittsburgh, can actually defeat them. Question. I have with, Iowa State going all the way to the Elite Eight, going against Houston. No, question. that's with, my sleeper. With with Texas, do you think it's oh. the, the Chris Beard thing is going to be a? Do you think it's going to be a distraction for them that they have an interim coach? Like they're they're they're, they're coaching with an interim coach, Texas, aren't they? Yeah. No. Didn't they make a? No. Yeah, they are. I think it is. Oh, they made coach. they made him the official. I coach. think they made. Uh, I think uh, they made. Oh, him they, the made, they made Rodney Terry the official coach. I, I thought I saw something. I think yesterday. I'll confirm it. that in one second. He's, but you were saying he's, he's named the he was um. You know. Yeah, something happened with their main coach, and then I yeah, saw Chris, that. Yeah, Chris, do you think that's a problem that they they technically are not with their full time? It, could, it could be definitely. You know, that's always a, a factor in that. I, like, I I actually think that's a big problem for Texas. Like they don't really have the. They have the, another the coach that's got the full year. Was this so. one the one with the domestic violence issue? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. And then he went to Ole Miss anyways after they yeah. ousted but their they coach. They, they dismissed the charges, so. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I don't know. I think that could be a factor. But, like, you saw also last year that, you know, Hubert Davis, you know. Yeah. Hubert Davis, uh, he he just led the uh, UNC to, to the national championship last year. He was in it. He was technically in it. Or it was his first year, so you never know. Yeah, you yeah, never know. That's the thing. They're not I in the think... tournament at all this year. No, they yeah. didn't and they're too good for the NIT. Yeah, they they didn't deserve to be in the tournament this year. They had a very underwhelming season. I don't, I don't know that what happened. And with they that started number one. Weren't they ranked number one? Yeah, yeah they were the yeah, first well, preseason yeah. number one to ever not make the tournament ever. 
that, that I knew something was wrong after watching that first week of their season. They played absolutely <laughs> completely different than what they played last year. And I don't I don't know what happened if it, if the players just got overconfident and and lacked, you know, structure, but they just they fell apart really really easy early in the in the season. What do we think, think also about Xavier coming out of this region? Uh, what? I don't think they go that far. I think Xavier is, was a okay team in the in the Big East, but as you saw, if they any time Xavier went against any of the bigger Titans in the Big East, they got shut down against like Marquette. I mean, did they lose uh, to DePaul too this year? Who was? Yeah, they lost to the Big East. Yes, this is. I'll talk about it's like just, they, they're very they inconsistent. That's their problem. They haven't made this guy Rodney Terry the full-time coach, and like he, he only had like three tournament appearances at UTEP. Like he doesn't have an overly great resume. So like, do you think maybe they're going to try to get like a big name, even if even if he leads them to a big run? They're going to try to look for a new coach. Uh, you talking Texas? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you you might you think about it. Like I you think know, there's a couple of big names because like if you think about it, there a lot of coaches coming out of next year. There, a lot of coaches are getting fired. Like uh, Rick Pitino, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but imagine Rick Pitino. I mean, because he's probably going to stay in. The there's there's going to be at least like I think three like or four John's open and, coaching or, or Georgetown, but like imagine. Yeah, that, to me, Texas. the Georgetown thing was crazy, but then I understand too. It's been you know like oh Patrick four was terrible. He was terrible, Patrick. They need to they need to make it. They need to. Make it's change. been four seasons. I just think that it, it takes a long time, you know. But then you put it you put it up against you know you, you put it up against someone like Shaka Smart who came in and no and no they, they have to move on. And it's they like holy shit. It, we'll it kind we'll of talk more about that. Case. We'll talk more about yeah. that when we get to the Iona region. Yeah. When it, when it, which is next the next region. We'll uh, talk but about. yeah, I, I think Xavier makes it to the second round, but I think Iowa State takes them out. Well, two okay, so two things. I think that you guys are right that if we're looking just at Xavier in the first round, I I mean. I think I think their ceiling is is around a thirty two. I don't think they can make it past. I think that there's they're kind of a combo. Really? I have them. I have them going to the sixteen. You don't think they could be Iowa State or the the winner of the plan? Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Yeah, so if Iowa State ends up coming out of that first round, which I is difficult for me to say, I I think that they could they could beat out Iowa State. But this this time of the year, it's all about momentum, and I think that Iowa State is trending downward, and Xavier is tra- is trending upward. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, it, for me, it's more just about a commentary about Iowa State. I just think that they're trending downward. They've lost like seven of ten to close out the year. I, I, I don't have any faith that they're gonna real make a real deep run. Um, particularly when you look at the bottom of this bracket, I think they whether it's you know A and M, Xavier, or Texas, doesn't matter to me. I think that they're they're still they're still sunken. You're not any bit concerned with Texas with that matchup with uh, Penn State and the the 2-7 matchup? I actually think that could be an interesting matchup because Penn State's looking pretty good. I mean, both those teams, Penn State and then Texas A&M, look look pretty decent in their their tournament. I will put it it here right now. I will say that Texas is the biggest lock out of this region to make it to the Final Four. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you have to, okay. That's your big lock. I I had Houston as my one like really big lock. Yeah, Houston. Houston's my big lock. Houston's yeah, my big lock. But like yeah. if I'm if I'm looking at like the one region, but I mean, if, okay. I I don't I don't think Texas is gonna. I think Texas probably a Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight, but I think Texas could have some problems. But let, but let me but let me clarify. Like I'm just saying that I have the most faith and confidence in their respective region than I do of a top seed of any other region. Just currently. Okay. I think the weakest region is is one Houston's in. I think that's that's the weak, in my opinion, the weakest region in the, in the uh, in the tournament right now. I could agree with that. I, I think it's the easiest reason for Houston. Houston has an easy ride all the way to the final four. 
I don't think there's not a, a team that's really going to give them problems. Well, I think, I think look, and if you look at the end of these regions, the top two teams, top three, if you want to expand, expand to that, I think they all have weaknesses and opportunities. This time of the year, it's about momentum and who's trending upward. And I think that when, like you guys said, when you look at the Midwest region, you know, it may not be Houston, but it could be Indiana, it could be Texas A&M, it could be Penn State. Like, I just think there's a lot more hot teams in that region amongst the other four. Yeah, and no, I mean, Indiana is a trendy pick to, to, to make a deep run. I love Indiana, yeah. And, and I think that one thing that showed there's so many schools throughout all these regions that can win. Yeah, we do have our favorites in it, but it really is wide open this year, and nothing beats a wide open March Madness tournament. So with that, let's go to our final region, the West region, which includes Kansas and Howard. Kansas won the big dance last year, but it's really, really hard to repeat as champions. But can they do it again? We have Illinois and Arkansas, St. Mary's and and VCU. The UConn-Iona matchup is a very fun one, especially seeing what can happen. Could UConn knock out Iona and knock out um, Rick Pitino, he gets one more chance to uh, add it all, or maybe he can win his third national championship with a different school. Then we also have TCU and Arizona State in Nevada. I think that one's to watch out for. Gonzaga is back, but you know, Mark Few knows how to uh, blow it, but can he blow it early against a Grand Canyon team who's made some noise this season as well? <laughs> And then we have Northwestern and Boise State and UCLA and UNC Asheville and UCLA very gung ho. I was, but um, as I said, net their injury issues now. I don't know what can happen there. But tell me about the uh, matchups coming into it, and um, we'll actually we'll start with the UConn and Iona one with huge UConn representation here yeah. and one UConn oh, hope, opposition I, here. I hope I hope I want to be too. I was, oh my god, I cannot. Yeah. I, I cannot. I'm not losing. Them. I don't know about that, man. I don't know. Iona. I've seen a lot of Iona games. They're pretty good. I mean, I mean, we beat them. We beat them once this year. But I mean, Iona's good. But I think you don't good. think they're going to play for uh, Patino in his last year because Patino's going to try. I think they're definitely going to try. But I think that we just we have so much. I think uh, we've gotten out of our, our 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 funk that we were in midseason where we had that uh, little short. Uh, schedule of games where we are on the losing streak. I think we kind of got it, you know, kind of regrouped. I think we know what we need to do. We're we're playing correct basketball. You know, I think I have a little bit more faith in our guards now. And uh, I I just think that, you know, having having the Sunogo-Klingon combination is really going to be something that's going to be hard to to beat. I mean, I think you guys have a better chance of beating Iona this year because the the um the Mac was pretty bad this year actually from from a Quinnipiac basketball fan and the the comp the comp stuff was not good. Like this is the the first year where I can honestly say like the Mac is, is pretty weak. But I mean last year you did have a team in St. Peter's make the elite eight all the way from our conference. So <laughs> something to look at. They're they're very battle tested in that they've played a lot of teams in the in the northeast and UConn's a team in the mid Atlantic and the Northeast. So it's I'm just... kind of a similar it's a similar style of basketball they play and Rick Patino is gonna be probably employ his full out press from his days of Providence and and UMass with a Rick Patino coach team versus versus uh versus Hurley. It's probably one of the best coaching matches of all time because it's two guys who are kind of small undersized guards kind of with a chip on their shoulder coach, co- coaching their prospective teams. Yeah. Uh, Rick Patino's playing for a job at St. John's. I think he's gonna get hired at St. John's. That's what they think. But 
I mean, he's still he's still a candidate for Georgetown as well. So I think he's gonna they're gonna be coming in with some momentum. I would take I, I'm gonna take UConn to win this game. I think they'll win this game by like I, I think they're gonna win this game like seventy two to like sixty five. It's gonna be a very close game, but I, I think I know it's gonna keep it close all, all through all throughout. I don't doubt that could be an option because we always have a problem closing out. That's one of our weakest things. Our second half play, like after like the like eight minute mark for some reason, we just lose it sometimes. Well, they get they get clammy. They get like too conservative on offense and they kind of pack it in because when I was at MSP last week, they were up 21 on Providence and then it started like narrowing, narrowing the gap until like five minutes remain. And then you started hearing that split crowd in the stadium. I think there's two critical points um, worth mentioning here with UConn. Um, I think that the first round exit last year against New Mexico really bothers Dan Hurley. I think he's going to be kind of in a retributional mindset going into this game, particularly because he knows that the lights are on him as a coach going across court against Rick Pitino. Um, I also think that there is a huge tremendous advantage, which is that we have two guys that are right around seven feet. I don't think that they've played the Twin Towers more than five minutes in, in multiple games consecutively this entire year. I think that you may see them try a few things in the first half to get Iona in foul trouble, dictate pace, and really control the, uh, the, 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 uh, the time possession of this game early where they can really put a commanding you know, kind of force on it. So I think that if UConn does that, I think they could really blow this thing open early on. But the, all the spotlights are going to be on Dan Hurley in this game. I mean, Dan Hurley is coming off. They've had a lot of disappointment in the tournament. Uh, UConn. I, I, they've lost in the round of 64 twice with him as coach, so this is kind of a prove-it year for him. Last year, they lost as a 5 seed to New Mexico, and I think I want to say they lost to Maryland as a... I want to say they lost as like a 7 seed to oh, yeah. Maryland. Yeah, Maryland, yeah. yeah Maryland, so they, Maryland, yep. They haven't They haven't had a national championship in like 10 years. I I think that's a school no, no, that's, no, been no. Trying, that's been trying... Uh, 2014, I think, won the national championship nine years ago, right? Yeah. Uh, twenty four is it twenty? Yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they, in my opinion, that's a school that's kind of been trying to cling to relevance for a while and really has no, 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 no. We got relevance still. <laughs> but like, you're telling me we're not, we're still not relevant starting the season off going fourteen and zero and being the second best team in the country. Listen, you got to yeah. do something now. Like this is their time. I mean, I keep hearing all we the will, time. we will, we will. Kinds year I, until they prove it. Like I, relevant. I will take them to beat Iona. I will. I will Dude, take them to be I own that that yeah. I'm not I'm not going to be that foolish, but yeah, the relevance is a broad brush to paint with. We're like a top twenty team every year, man. Yeah, I mean, it, this is the first year where they were really like they, they were pretty good this Wait. year, but they haven't been elite in a while. I'm sorry, they haven't been elite in a while. They've been they've well, been yeah, good. Because, I, I think we haven't been elite in a while because I think we you know we had coaching problems. Let's, let's get to the the point when uh uh. Kevin I Ali. forget his name. Kevin Ali was the coach. You know, he was like one of the worst scout coaches in the freaking NCAA basketball. <laughs> couldn't yeah. couldn't recruit anyone. I mean, would, it, wouldn't do it, nothing. It, it's just kind of sad. Like you guys have had all these. Like you guys have had Rip, Rip Hamilton, like Ray Allen. Oh, I know. Like Okafor. You haven't really had that like one really great prospect. Next year. Next year. I mean, Kemba Walker. Yeah, you guys got Drummond too. So next year we'll have that player. Rudy Gay played for you guys too. So yeah, Rudy Gay. Well, uh, uh, yeah, Michael Okafor. Yeah, there's tons of names. Ben Gordon, Rudy Gay, Charlie V. Yeah, they had a lot of great players. So it's like, I I don't know. I I think UConn's kind of lost some of its allure and they got to get some of it back this tournament. So we'll see. Yep. I, I, you're going to go, you're going to go nuts, but I haven't gone all the way to the final four this year. A lot of people do. It's it's that popular pick. I mean, 
they can do it. They have the scoring potential. You know, it, it really comes down to, you know, you know, and honestly, it's sad to say this, it comes down to how Sonogo plays. If Sonogo plays at his peak potential, I think we'll, we'll play great. I think, uh, you know, we just have too many pieces on the floor that you have to watch out for. We're shooting three I, pretty well this I year. I think you guys will get to the Sweet 16. I actually do. You can't get to the Sweet 16 this year, but I, I don't so. know about that. I... <laughs> I don't love that St. Mary's VCU matchup. I don't. A lot of people are. I, I thought St. Mary's was seeded a little bit high. I mean, and I thought VCU was probably. I think both teams were seeded. Like I think. Yeah, no, VCU is definitely like more of like a fourteen seed. Yeah, I I, I didn't say. love the fact that VCU was twelve, and I didn't. Love, I think St. Mary's seeded a little high too. Like I think they're more of a six or seven. So it's no. like, it's it's a tough matchup for me. I'm I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take St. Mary's in that game. So I'll say that's St. a close Mary's game, yeah. See, that's see, that could be an upset game. I have seen Mary's really, taking it too. I don't really know. I hear a lot of people picking VCU because they won the tournament out of the Atlantic Ten. Um, well, yeah, the Atlantic Ten. Yeah, know. it's just also because VCU for some reason always in the tournament has a little bit of a, you know, some fire that they when they come into it. But yeah, I think St. I don't know. Mary's but I feel, just, I feel like I feel like UConn will get to the Sweet Sixteen. I have them yeah. losing in Sweet Sixteen, but that's you know. Well, St. Mary's is a tough matchup because I watched them all year, even though they're in the West Coast Conference. I thought that they were better than Gonzaga majority of the year. Um, so I think that's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough second round matchup. But um, if anybody can do it, it's UConn. I just I have more faith, you know, kind of like Brandon does about them making it. I mean, the one thing I will say about both teams is that I mean, at the end of the games, they're, they're both not really great foul shooting teams. They're shooting. They're both shooting at about sixty nine percent. Yeah. St. Mary's. We've had that problem all year. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not a great foul shooting team. So it's kind of hard for me to say who I think is going to win this game. I, I, I'll probably take St. Mary's in a, like, I'll take them like 75 to like, I think they're going to win that game 75 to like 68, St. Mary's over VCU. I think I they have know. a little bit more firepower than VCU. I just, think um, just quickly switching gears too. I, I, I think that if we have to pick a real start um, upset here, I think that. Uh, I'm looking at Boise State Northwestern. I think that one's a real toss-up. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with I, you on that. I, I, I think I, honestly, I have a little bit of faith in Northwestern. I think they're gonna. Uh, uh, I think they're gonna make. They're gonna. They're, they can make a run to the Sweet 16. I think they can. I Here's think the uh, part of okay. a very strong conference Northwestern is those Wildcats. And uh, I'm gonna yeah, give I, you. Yeah. I'm gonna give you the one three seed that I think is a little on upset alert. Uh, Gonzaga with GCU. I think Grand yeah. Canyon is going to make a real, yeah, run at Gonzaga. Honestly, let's think about Gonzaga. Gonzaga, their coach is not that great. And two, they're, they're literally, their team is literally centered around their, their senior Timmy. If, if you shut down Timmy, they have a hard time restructuring and, and refining their offense. So yeah. if any team really does any kind of scouting and, and pre- preparation, if you the, shut if down Timmy, two, they're going to have a hard time winning the game. If there's two matchups in the three, I think Xavier versus Kenny Saw State, and I would say uh, Gonzaga versus GC are the two three I seeds. I, I honestly think Gonzaga doesn't deserve the three seed at that point. They, they didn't really play crazy. They did good in conference, but they're not as good as they seem. No, I they're think not. They're another, Their conference they're, isn't that good either. Yeah, exactly. Like they're another Providence. They're like hidden. They have a lot of hype around them, but they're not as good as their coach can't win. Few can't win the big one. Yeah, exactly. no, but few few had recently. They've they've had some good runs. Mark, well, yeah, I mean, good runs, but there's some ugly losses, and I feel like this could be one. I mean, it's interesting. I I think the Zag is a team that could go out in the first round, but I also think they're a team that could win the region. So they have they could, I, definitely. If I have Taco Bell, I have great runs too. But you know, it doesn't matter. If you 
<laughs> yeah, Gonzaga is just one of those teams that like they're they're a program that's known, but like uh, I they're they are clinging to relevance at this point. Yeah, that is that's what I would say. Sure. Yeah. And the one thing about this with with all of the various podcasts, radio shows, TV shows that cover this, we all know that and we won't see some major upset coming that totally takes away any of our deep analysis and thoughts, you know, since the dawn of time with the March Madness and, you know. Whether it's UMBC beating Virginia, I would re- genuinely like to find some clip of someone saying this is going to happen. And the only people <laughs> who bet that are people who hedge bets. But regardless, though, there are just a lot of fun matches with this one, too. And how about my uh, Bruins, as I talked about being a big fan of them? And, you know, I'll I'll be on the one who says with the team that was so complete, so well coached and now um, weren't able to win the Pac-12. And then, you know, I said their players got hurt. You know, this this could just be another instance of that program. Maybe there's a little curse with the last few years with them. I think that they look good at conference play. UCLA, like I mentioned before, they had a pretty good conference run. You know, they, they were the top team. But I just – I think they're not really good against top programs in the country. And I mm-hmm. for some reason, I just think that they're going to fall short. I, I honestly think that Northwestern can beat them in the second round. And and it doesn't help that they also had those injuries. Now it really comes down to do they, do those players come out and play with their injuries or they bench them for the first few rounds to see if they can, you know, make it without them and have them ready for like the sweet 16, the round in, in the uh, round of eight. But uh, yeah, I don't have super, a lot of faith in UCLA. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a huge big UCLA guy. I think I think they'll get to the Sweet Sixteen this year. I just I don't know about. I think their run's going to end after that. And how about Kansas, number one, Brad, number one? And as I mentioned, very hard to repeat as champions is in this tournament. Particular. Right. I I think Kansas will make the Elite Eight, but I'm I'm listen, I'm being honest with you here. Watch out for Howard in that round. Like they're the HBCUs have actually done. They actually. I'm not saying that Howard's going to beat them. I'm not implying that. But I also am saying the HBCUs have historically have upset teams in the in the past. Uh, Norfolk State and Norfolk Northwood State has won a couple of games in March Madness. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, it's um, the HBCUs have actually done pretty well in the tournament. Um, so it's it's something to look out for. If if there's one if there's one one seed to be on a little bit of an upset alert, I would say it would be Kansas. Okay, I think Kansas actually. How they were saying about Purdue being the weakest one seed, I think Kansas is the weakest one seed in my opinion. Ooh, why is that? Like, I think that you know, even though they came off the win last year, for some reason, uh, they just they look good. I just I, I haven't found the belief in them. I think that they they I definitely think they're going to make it far because you know they might get upset by how, but I think that. They'll lose to UConn in the Sweet 16. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you here. It would be abs- – I'd be absolutely shocked if they if they lost. And, uh, like, and I, Illinois is not an oh, easy no, team no, no. to beat either. If they, if they no. lost to, to fucking um, Kansas, I would – if they beat Kansas, I would be – I would fall out of my chair. Like, I, I'm just being – it's never going to happen. But, but that being said, like, the HBCUs have – like, North Forest State meet Missouri as a 15, Florida A&M. Um, I mean, Hampton beat Iowa State as a, as a 15. So, I mean, and, and the 16 seeds have always won their, their first their, um, conference around their, their first playing games. They've, they've beaten 
mm. every year, the first four. So it's just it's just something to look out for. I mean, HBCUs have actually done pretty decently in in the tournament. So well, we'll say. Just quickly before we transition, I I think Brandon, you know, to mention what he said, I think that just on based on regular season resume, I think that they are a weaker one seed. I think they showed a lot of vulnerability midseason where they were figuring stuff out. They lost obviously a ton of offensive production to the draft. Um, but having said all that, I think that particularly in this regional bracket, I think a lot of this does come down back down to coaching. And I just, Bill Self was a main man. I think that he's going to have no problem getting back to the final four. Well, isn't he, isn't he coming back from an injury, Bill Self? Because with Kansas, he's, he's, he just had a heart attack. So isn't yeah. He, I mean, in the hospital? I, I think, yeah, he got I, a stent and he, I think he's going to be yeah. all good to go there. So yeah, okay. I read too. Yeah. All right. Now that we've talked about March Madness, what do you guys, who do you guys think is going to be hired at Georgetown and, uh, and um, in St. John's, I think, honestly, I think, I think it's gonna come down what how the tournament goes. I think honestly. they're gonna hire Patino. That's why I, I I'm I'm sensing um Patino. But where do you think Patino? Where do you think Patino's gonna go? You think he's gonna? Oh, I think he's gonna, go to St. John's. he's gonna go to St. John's. I think uh, your better choice is St. John's. St. John's has a way better. St. John's program. Program. I, I think I think you Georgetown should hire uh Mike Bray from from Notre Dame or because a Catholic background, it's a Catholic school too. Mm-hmm. Or look at uh, Michael Shrewsbury from um, Penn State. Georgetown is still in in that transitional period. Like I said, I think yeah, it was the right decision. I kind of like started to agree with it with firing um, Pat uh, Irwin, but I think like uh, he still hadn't built rebuilt that program yet. I still think they weren't getting top recruits and players to help them make a run. All right, I'm gonna give you a huge name that uh, I, never gonna happen, but I'm gonna throw this one out there. Watch out for Brad Stevens to take over for uh, for coaching Georgetown. I know he's. So you the think he'll come back to Celtics. the NBA to do I, if, that. for Georgetown? I would think I would I would pick Leave up the, the phone and call if I'm Georgetown. I'd pick up the phone and call definitely. I would look into hiring Brad Stevens. Like the, I'm also I think gonna look at who's taking over Syracuse. I, that's a good question too. I mean Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens could get his whatever coaching job he wants from college because he he has experience. I mean probably get paid. Would you argue he, he would get paid more because he's at the front office for um the Celtics right now, but. He could probably almost make more at one of these big name schools than he would with the Celtics right now. Yeah, well, yeah, because with that name, he carries he carries a lot of weight. And second of all, he he's you know every top recruit in the country in high school is gonna is he really gonna look at because they just I mean the Celtics just named um, Damon Stoudemire the coach the head, assistant head coach for under the Boston Celtics she got named got named because the coach for um coach for Georgia Tech. So I don't know. I mean it. My only thing don't, is that the Celtics are going to be killing it this this year in the NBA. I mean, they're killing still it. Still yeah, developing but like, there. It'd but be a like, hard job to just leave. For, it's going to be a hard job like to leave. That. I understand that. But if I'm one of those college teams, I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling him. Like, I, well, I, it's worth a call. Well, I got I got to put I got to push back a little bit. I think like man, I think it, it's very easy to like fall into like the love and the allure. But like, there's really minimal job security in, in the pros. Whereas like when when you go back to college and like especially when you have tremendous success like Brad Stevens did at Butler at college, like that like you're a made man. You're like a local legend, and I think that he's probably missing a little bit of longing for that, you know. And it's like there, there may be something there. I made you know kind of a similar equivalence kind of claim with Sean McVay going back to college as well, the coach, because he's a made man now. He's won a championship. And a lot of people would be wanting to, you know, flock and recruit to him um, if he did go back to college. But that's just my Seems instinct. Like he's rebuilding the Rams now, his next big project. Well, that's that's the thing is, does he want to stick around for that? He's got a whole life ahead of him in terms of coaching that he could kind of play with whatever he wants to do. 
We'll see if we do it again and, you know, put a bow on the NFL there with Vic Vey and with Ramsey leaving and speculation of Aaron Donald retiring and uh, questions at quarterback. Uh, it would make sense to try something else there or go to the booth, but we'll ultimately see how this free agency period goes. He's too young, he's too young to go to the booth. I think he's got at least 25 more years of coaching in him. He's such <laughs> a guy. And he and he's a made man. Like he's got a he, his resume stacks up with everybody else. I think that if you know, obviously it's not like an NFL commentary, but just to put a, a bow on it, I think that him and Brad Stevens have both kind of a similar um, equivalency between the coaches there, where they have full reign to go anywhere and be able to recruit anybody they want at the collegiate level. All right, he good, excellent points there. Now let us get to your favorite question. Yeah. That everybody asks, who's your final four? Who's your final four? Who's your final four? So let us educate the masses and tell you all who are final four picks and national champion from there. I'll start. For me, coming out of the, for me, coming out of the, sorry, for me, coming out of the South region, we're going to have Alabama, as I mentioned, a complete team, a team that's hot, a team that is literally playing the heel around the country and having that momentum. And clearly, I think if this team would have been phased by the off-the-court issues towards the final few weeks of the season, it would have affected them. And they just keep winning. They know how to make comebacks, and they know how to stay firm and strong. And I say watch out for them. On the other side of that, in the East, I actually see Marquette winning with their elite scoring and representing a great showing in the Big East. I think Marquette will be the one to get in the Final Four there. We have Houston coming out of we have Houston coming out of the Midwest there with Midwest as a team that just knows how to stay firm and strong, and even with the concern about their their um. Their injury, their best player being hurt, I think we've seen a strong bench and a well-coached team that can keep them afloat in that region. And I'm going to go with no bias aside, the UConn Huskies to come out of the West region. I think they're uh, destined to win a win deep in the region. I think what Brandon made clear, and it's true, despite losing in the Big East tournament, and they could have won that match if they just lost, but they've been improved mightily. They know how to. They know what it's like to be on top of the nation of the nation, and um, we've seen this team and this program come out of nowhere. They've won the national championship as an eight seed before, so this team I think is really good and impressive. And then I'm going to give your national championship will be UConn coming out, and I will be coming out, and they will defeat Houston there. They'll return to the national championship for the first time in nine years. <laughs> and they're going to play Alabama. So uh, Alabama, UConn national championship. But I honestly am going with the villain. I'm going to go with the uh, Crimson Tide becoming your national champion. And they're going to be like a, I will go back to the wrestling, like an evil heel wrestling champion winning it all. As long as their players stay on the court legally and for health reasons wise, I think uh, Bama is the team to beat national champions. Alabama for me. Wow. 
That that made my heart feel so warm. Going all the way to the national champion. God, God help I us. I really think this team. This team's really good. This team. I mean, is how like, you guys are so obsessed with UConn? You guys went to Hartford. It's not like a rival for you guys. <laughs> no, I mean, you know. No, I just think going has, on this he stuff. He has man, his belief good. in the program. Yeah, and this team, this team has one with multiple head coaches. This team knows how to. I mean, you know, histor- on historically speaking, but and this team in particular, this team is well versed. They have lots of quad one victories. They've had a lot of close quad one. Games. Oh yeah, no, they're a great and, team this year. I just, I, I just can't. <laughs> but they're a great team. You come this year. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, a, that's, yeah. A, that's a that's a that's a very well, reasonable pick. We'll go back to the. I mean, if we want to go with the like, history of being on a UConn fan, we'll go back with the Ben Okafor to uh, Ben Okafor, the Ben Gordon and Mecca Okafor days, and um, I just think this is a very good team that can make a deep run. And, Definitely, I I, uh, I agree with you on that from a basketball standpoint. I do. Yeah. So I'll that's give, what I go with there. I guess I'll Alabama, give my final UConn. four. Um, I like Houston coming out of the Midwest. That's probably the team I'll pick. Um, I actually, I I'm with Alex on on this one. I actually think Tennessee is going to come out of the um, come out of the East, and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna take a crazy bet on this. I was considering going either Arizona or, or San Diego State, but I don't know. I just have a feeling San Diego State's going to come out of the South, and then for the West, I'm going to take Kansas. So it's I got okay. Houston, Kansas, and then I got San Diego State, Tennessee, and I have uh, I have Tennessee playing Houston. In the national championship, and I've I've used to winning it all this year. Okay. Okay. Wow. Go, you up? All right, I'll go. I have Alabama out of the South. I have Purdue out of the East. The Midwest is going to be Houston, and I have UConn out of the West. Boy, you got three one seeds. That's good. Okay. Plus UConn. So Bama, sorry, you're saying Bama, Purdue, (laughs) UConn, and who? Uh, uh, Bammer, Purdue, Houston, and UConn. I have, sadly, being a UConn fan, losing to Houston. I think that Houston is just too strong of a defensive team. And I have Purdue beating Alabama on a whim. Because I also just love how uh, how Purdue played this year. I've been a big fan of Purdue and Zach Eady. And then I have uh, Purdue going against Houston and Purdue taking the championship. Wow, you got a lot of confidence in freaking Purdue, man. I just, I, I, I love watching them play, man. They, they play good basketball, and Zach Eady's just so impressive. That is like, I wish we can clone him. Well, we'll that could be what a, a definition center should be. We'll have a less Asian version of him, Donovan Klingon, in three years. Yeah, next year. Yep, yeah, in the next few years. Yep. All right, so, cut. So I, I was wrestling with the South region, but uh, the more I thought about it, I'm going to take Baylor coming out of here. I just believe in Scott Drew as a coach. I think that they could really make a run. They're, they're a hot team. They're an athletic team. Um, they've seen all the best competition in the Big 12 this year. I got Baylor. Uh, the East, I got Marquette coming out, similar to Matt. I think that they're the best team out of this, um, out of this region. Um, the Midwest, I'm really hot on Texas. I love their coaching. I love their their senior guard play. I love everything that they bring to the table um, athletically as well. And out of the West, I think I this is another tough one, but I do have Kansas coming out. Um, I wanted to go with my heart, but I had to be. No, you're good. I had to keep it 100. Um, percent I think that 
you know, Bill Self, all things considered, as long as he's healthy, I think that, you know, they're going to win a lot of tight defensive lockdown games. I don't think they have that, have the same scoring that they did in years past, uh, losing the top recruits they did. But um, this is a very big 12 top heavy uh, final four. But, um, you know, all things considered, I have Texas taking the whole thing. So. Good pick. Oh, can't, okay. can't, 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 uh, can't fight you on that one. It's reasonable. Okay. All right. Wow. I really appreciate it. these are all different uh, Final Four matches, or mostly very diverse there. In case and I'm really play. going on a limb with San Diego State with that pick. Yeah, I'm you really are. No, you they are. could easily you lose to College of Charleston. They look good. Like they could you know, easily I've, lose to College of Charleston in the first round. As, yeah, exactly. As a five like they look good, but I don't know if they could beat Virginia, man. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. That's gonna be a tough match. Well, Hayden, you know, for the people who put uh, who went out on a limb for St. Peter's University, maybe you could have this. I, up. I mean, I'm I'm a Mac fan, so you know, I, I, if for for my heart, I'll put one bracket out of like the twenty I make that'll pick Iona. But you know, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna put it on all of them. But I mean, for one, yeah, just to, to root for Iona. <laughs> We're gonna have our. We're gonna have our Doug. We're gonna have our version of Dougie Buckets. This year. I want to say Iona is New York's only team in the tournament this year. Correct? If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Like I Iona's the only team from New York. I think, yeah. Iona's the only team from New York. Marquette's in New York. Marquette's not from New York. Oh, no, Marquette's I mean, Colgate's from New York. If we're going to New York. Oh, yeah, Colgate, yeah, Colgate. Colgate's from New York. Colgate, yeah. Yeah, so you got so you got two. Hold on. Oh, right. Yeah, you got two teams, Colgate Colgate, and Iona. Buffalo didn't make it. Princeton's from New Jersey. Princeton's Jersey. I bet. Yeah, go Princeton, I guess, there. But all right, guys. This was as fun as it usually is, and even more. We will check in to preview the Sweet 16, and uh, let us enjoy this week of all of us loving college basketball. Alex Renelio, Hayden Nadler, and Brandon Gutierrez, we will see you very soon. Brandon, Alex, and Hayden, you guys did it once again. Great conversation and great talk, and we were definitely productive with it. An awesome, awesome job talking all things March Madness. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content across all our social media platforms. Check us out on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. Uh, check us out on Twitter at ProdConvoPod and check us out on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We are fixing our website so it's off right now. So we will get that up and running as soon as possible. So how about those Oscars last night, by the way? Or I should say on Sunday night, the 2023 Academy Awards, the 95th Academy Awards ceremony was special. I mean, I, I I had to watch it after my long flight, but I, there was just so many heartwarming and wholesome moments. And we're going to get into that with Chris Bailey tomorrow. Our Oscars reaction podcast will be tomorrow, March 15th. So you don't want to miss that. Me and Chris Bailey talking all things Oscars and the reaction to the awesome award ceremony that took place on Sunday night. And with that, 
Stay tuned with us. Get ready for some fun. Get ready to be pissed off at some upsets. Get ready to be thrilled when you are actually doing well in the tournament. And we are going to check back in when the Sweet 16 starts with the Productive Conversations men's college basketball team. We will do Sweet 16 coverage. And then we will preview the Final Four after that. And then we'll react to the National Championship. So let us start our coverage of the 2023 March Madness tournament for the men's and uh, for our women's i just want to say go yukon women's that is my pick for the 2023 women's college basketball championship as i said march is going to be a very busy month for this show and we're already in mid-march so Get ready for a great, great time in the next couple of weeks. We have the Major League Baseball preview. We have a whole Yankee-dedicated podcast. We have some other amazing guests coming on to talk about their story in life and making us laugh and be emotional and get real with it. And again, just keep checking out our reels. We passed 10,000 downloads last week. No. Yes, this weekend we hit the 10,000 download mark. So thank you, everybody, who keeps supporting us. 100,000 channel views on YouTube has now been accomplished. Again, thank you for making that possible. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel, at Productive Conversations, so we can keep getting those numbers up. And uh, soon we can hopefully monetize this show and get some money. And more money means to... More resources, more resources means to even better podcasts. So we have a great journey ahead. It's going to be a lot of fun. I just want to thank Alex Renelio, Hayden Nather, and Brayden Gutierrez for coming on and contributing to our March Madness preview. Thank you to Alex DeJesus for what he does in producing our social media content and everything he does as the associate producer. And I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for supporting us each and every single week. You know how much you mean to all of us. My name is Matt Brown. I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. Don't forget to check in on your friends and family. And I'll see you tomorrow. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Peace.